So if you want to go ahead and turn to the first chapter of John, we'll get there in a minute. Uh, I wanted to share a little bit before I started. Uh, uh, when Pastor Don uh, asked me to uh, uh, teach uh, this morning, the first thing I thought about was John. I'll tell you why. Uh, last year, as we were going through the ramp up to the Harvest Crusade, uh, I was passing out posters, and uh, I had to happen to go to Madison Retirement Village and I talked with Andrea up there, the, the uh, director, and she said, sure, you know, put up posters, and if, if uh, we have people that want to go, we'll get a bus up and, and come. And uh, they, they, they said okay, and as I was leaving, she mentioned to me, uh, you know, if you've got somebody there at the church that wants to do a Bible study or something, we're always interested in something like that. And it kind of went over my head, and I said, sure. And, and so, you know, we had the Harvest Crusade, and I had planned on uh, having a new believers class after the Harvest Crusade, and, you know, it turned out not to be necessary. And the Lord just put on my heart and said, I told you where you're supposed to be. And so, uh, you know, I went back up to uh, the retirement village and said, hey, you still want to do that Bible study? And she said, sure. And so we started doing a Bible study last September, and it's about a year now that we've been going through it, and we started in John, and after 10 months, you know, we, we finished up with John, and we're in Acts now, so what I wanted to do today is just kind of share with you, because, I don't know, if you do a Bible study, you learn more than the people that are attending, you know, because you're studying to get ready for it, and, and, and I did, and the Lord revealed a lot of things to me in John, so I want to try to share those with you, pass those along. Uh, so the book of John, of course, was written by the Apostle John, also wrote uh, 1st, 2nd, 3rd John in Revelation, as we all know. Uh, now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are called the synoptic gospels, and that's a big word. It just means from the same point of view. And so John is called, you know, one of the, it is the non-synoptic gospel, and it has a different uh, point of view. Uh, in fact, in John, anyone where he's talking directly about Jesus, he uses the word Jesus because he wants to emphasize his humanity. Um, and you get uh, there. There are seven signs during the ramp up uh, uh, to uh, through his ministry. As you're reading through John, he moves the action along by and then and then this happened and this happened. You can tell it's in chronological order. And John is the only gospel that mentions three Passovers. And so that's what establishes a timeline where we sort of know that uh, Jesus' ministry here on earth was between three and three and a half years. And so we get a lot of good information in John. Um, and John was written last. And so a lot of people uh, called John the simple gospel because there are, you know, use small syllable words in one or two syllables. But if you read John, it's just amazing the theology uh, that you get from that. And so we'll go over a little bit about the theology. And then I wanted to go over the first uh, uh, sign in John. And as we'll see later, John was written for you and me and the unbeliever. It was specifically written so that you can believe or to help you believe or to increase your belief. And so it'll do that. So if if you've got somebody that you're talking with about the Lord, you know, the thing you should do is encourage them to read John. And I'm going to show you a, a way to go through it in a way that makes sense. Okay, so uh, we'll start in uh, John uh, 1. So uh, 
In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Did you hear that? In the beginning was the Word. Past in perfect tense, meaning Jesus was there at the beginning. He'd been there all along. It's a lot of, it's not hard for us to grasp eternity, future, but Jesus was in eternity past. So what we have in the Bible is a documentation of our known universe. But guess what? Before that, Jesus was there. Did you hear that? In the beginning was the word. He was in the beginning with God. So he's there with God, indicating that he's with God, but separate but equal, right? All things were made through him, and without him, uh, nothing was made that was made. Jesus created our universe. Jesus made the earth and everything that we know. That's it. It tells us that clear as day. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. Our lives, your children's life, your grandparents' life, all of that came through Jesus. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it. Okay, so there was a man sent from God whose name was John. This man, John, came uh, for a witness, to bear witness of the light that all through him might believe. And so in Jewish law, it takes one or two, it takes two or three witnesses to establish the truth. So John was sent specifically to witness. Well, you say, well, where's the second witness? Remember the dove that came down? That was the second witness, the Holy Spirit. Okay, so he, John, was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of the light. That was a true light which gives light to every man coming into uh, uh, the world. So Jesus is the only one and true light. You know, you, you, sometimes you'll talk to people and they'll say, well, you know, I'm not a believer, but I'm searching. Point them to John. He was not that light, but was sent to bear witness of that light. That was a true light which gives light to every man coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. Can, can you imagine? Can, can you imagine if you're, if you're visiting a house that you happen to construct, and you're, you've sold it, and the, they're having a party, and you're there, and they're showing you the house, <laughs> you know? But you built that house. You know, that's, can you imagine how Jesus felt coming into the world? He built, he built the world, but the world didn't know him. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, and the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own did not receive him. His people, right, the Israelites, they rejected him. They'll end up uh, crucifying him on the cross. But now listen to this. This is a promise, guys. But as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become children of God, to those who believe in his name. And that's a 
That's a theme in John that you'll see the belief. That's what he's concentrating on. That's the reason I say, you know, if, you've, if you're talking to somebody about Christ, take them through John. Who were born, now we're talking about children of God, who were born not of blood, nor of will of the flesh, nor of will of man, but of God. Not of blood. I'm not a Christian because my mother was a Christian, although she was a, a great Christian, is a great Christian. My children aren't Christians because I was a Christian, not of blood, not of my will, but the will of God, right? So don't assume that because you bring your kids to a good church, and this is a great church, that they'll become Christians. You've got to teach them. They have to accept the word. They have to believe. And the word became flesh. Christmas story. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten son, full of grace and truth. Like I told you before, John emphasizes Jesus' humanity, the word in flesh. John bore witness of him and cried out, saying, John the Baptist we're talking about, this was he of whom I said, he who comes after me is preferred before me. He was before me, and of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. Grace for grace of his fullness, of the complete work that he did while he was here on earth, lived a perfect life, died a terrible death on the cross, was raised again on the third day. That's his fullness. That's what he did for us. And, and what have we received? Grace for grace. That's grace on top of grace. Unmerited favor. That's what that means. That's what we have, the ones that believe. And of his fullness we have all received grace for grace. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. We're not bound by the law. We're bound by grace. That doesn't mean you can do anything you want. But if you're full of Jesus Christ, you won't want to. That's, that's the thing. But when we do, and we need, you know, we need forgiveness every day. At least I do. I mean... You know, it's not, it's a continual process. Grace for grace, we have that in our lives. For the law was given through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has seen God at any time. The only begotten Son, who is the bosom of the Father, and he, was, and he has declared him. That's right. Jesus and God were spirits till Jesus became flesh and walked among us. People, you know, question the uh, Christian religion. It's like, you know, would a God become a man? Our God did, right? How would we have known him? You know, I see my dog running around the house. And I wonder, what, what's my dog thinking? You know, he won't do what I tell him to. And, it's you know, it's a, it's a silly analogy, but it's true. You know, I can't talk to my dog. I can call him and maybe he'll come, maybe he won't. 
Jesus wanted to talk to us. He wanted to tell us the nature of God. The Word became flesh because of that. So God is a spirit and no one has ever seen him. So how do we know the nature of God? Anybody know? We study his word, right? Jesus is just like God. And we have his ministry. We study what Jesus did and we know what God's like. Okay, so um, John uh, takes us uh, next starting in chapter 2 through the ministry uh, on earth. And um, uh, he emphasizes seven signs. I'll just read these. I've asked Talus to put them on the uh, iTunes, uh, and they'll be there. Uh, But the first sign is, uh, and we're going to go over this one, the turning of water into wine, John 2, 1 through 12. And some people say there's six signs. Some people count eight. Uh, Four of them are called signs, and uh, the turning of water into wine in in 2.11 is called a sign, and so it clearly is. Um, the healing of the royal officials, John uh, uh, 4, uh, 46-54, is also called a sign. The healing of the man at the Bethesda pool, uh, John 5, 1-17. through 17. The feeding of the 5,000, uh, John 6, 1-14, through 14, and that's called a sign. Uh, the walking on the water, uh, John 6, 15-25. Uh, the healing of the man born blind, John 9, 1-41. through 41. And then the raising of Lazarus, John 11, 1 through 46. And that's also called a sign in uh, John 12, 18. And so you could also logically, I think, very logically say, you know, that the resurrection was a sign, right? And uh, that, remember chapter 21, where they caught the 153 fish? That's probably a sign too. But the, the seven signs... Uh, that were during his ministry are the ones that I believe John is talking about. Um, and and let's, let's jump back to that. Uh, if you don't mind, turn back to uh, John 20 for me. And we're going to look at the very end of John 20. Okay, so, so listen up, guys. Uh, John 20, verse 30. I'll give you a second to get there. You should mark this and put a little, if you know how to draw, draw a little key beside it because this is the key to the study of John right here. And truly, Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples which are not written in this book, talking about the book of John. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. Did you hear that? But these, talking about the signs, but these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing you may have life in his name. So the Gospel of John is specifically written for us to believe. And the signs specifically of the, and and we'll see in a minute, you know, he did so many signs, they're written down, the books would fill the earth. And, and, and they picked, John picked these seven signs to put in this book. And, and so turning water into wine, it, it may not 
mean a lot to us at first. But don't you think if it was written to help us believe that we should study it? And and here's here's what I'm suggesting is that if you have, you know, uh, a child or a new believer or somebody that you're just uh, talking to about the Lord, if somehow you can get them to go through those seven signs, it will spring into them a desire to believe. Uh, So uh, we'll go back to two. So on the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding. And when they ran out of wine, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. Jesus said to her, Woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons of piece of water, of course. Jesus said to them, Fill the water pots with water, and they will be filled to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, but the servants who had drawn the water did know, the master of the feast called the bridegroom and he said to them, every man at the beginning sets out the good wine. When the guests have well drunk, then that which is inferior, but you have kept the good wine until now. This this beginning of signs Jesus did in Canaan of Galilee and manifested his glory and his disciples believed in him. So uh, after this sign, John tells us that's when his disciples believed in him. They were interested, right? They they wouldn't have been there with him if they weren't interested. But John puts a stake in the ground right here and says this is when his disciples believed in him. So these signs were given to us uh, so that we can believe. And we're all, most of us, probably everybody here is already a believer. But sometimes you're not, you know? I mean, sometimes you, you question it, at least I do. Go back to the Word. Look at these signs again. And and so what what do you do when you're, when, when, when you're reading the signs in John or any any of the the Bible, right? You you look for application. So, uh, what I would propose a good way to do that is, you know, what does the story, what does uh, the revelation that you're reading tell you about people? What does the story tell you about Jesus? 
what does that story tell you about you? And, and why do you need to hear this story? Well, what does it tell us about the people in the story? They were a poor family that just didn't have enough to serve the people that they had at a wedding. It's that simple. I'm sure we've all been in that place, you know, where you're having a party and you're about to run out of dip or something, you know. And and you know, you, it's silly, but you you know, you're embarrassed. You know, you know you're not going to be able to provide for your guests like you want to. Uh, but 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 more than that, you know, what what does what does Jesus do? I mean, at first he he tells his mother, who by by the way, Mary's never called by name in the Gospel of John. Did y'all know that? It's not. It's the mother of Jesus is all you ever see. And never called by name. She believed in him, right? What did she say? Whatever he says, do it. You know? She knew who he was. But, you know, what does that tell you about the, the, the heart of Jesus? You know, that he should start his ministry helping a wedding take place. Right. Does that does that tell us about you know what what the value that he places on on the wedding union? I think probably it does. Tells us that he cares for people. Yeah. Does he does it actually say that we can trust the Lord to care for us? I think it says that too. You'll have to answer what it says to you. You know, you can think about it. But um, what, what, what did he do? He took something common. Okay, now, now, you can make a big deal out of the fact that these were water purification pots. And they had water in it, and that's what the Jews did. They did their purification ritual in these pots. And you can make a big deal of, about that. And that, that it was a sign of the law going away and a new and better uh, uh, thing coming with Jesus. And, and it, it may actually have some of that connotation in it. But, but what I see is, you know, he took something common, like me, and he made something good, right? You've saved the best for last, right? You may have done a lot of things you're not proud of. But Jesus saved the best for last for you. Right? He can do that same transformation in our lives. We don't have to be st- stuck in the way we've acted up till this point in time. We don't have to be defined by what we did as kids. We don't have to be defined even what we did yesterday. Jesus can transform us just like he t- turned water into wine. Right? He took something common, and he made it good. He can do the same thing with us if we, if we let him, if we let him work in our heart. Let him work in our heart and in our lives. So by reading the Word of God, understanding about Jesus' fullness, we can have grace for grace in our lives. John uh, 5, 36. You don't have to turn here. I'm going to go through a bunch of scripture real quick, so you don't have to jump around. 
John 5.36, but I have a far greater, greater witness than John for the works which the Father has given to me, the very works that I do bear witness of me and that the Father has sent me. Okay, you know, there's always a debate. Works or grace, right? What, is, what, is, what does the Bible say? What does John say about that? Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God that you believe in him whom he sent. That's our first work. We've got to believe. That's the first work. And, of course, good works will spring from that. If what? John 3, 3. Jesus answered and said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Steve read us this morning, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world but that the world through him might be saved. So by studying his word, specifically John, if you want to start there, you know, we can have that belief in our lives. We can renew that fire. We can continue to be something good and not something common. So here's what John said in uh, John 21, verse 24 and 25. This is the disciple, talking about himself, who testifies these things and wrote these things. A lot of people say John didn't write John. What does John say about that? This is the disciple who testified these things and wrote these things, and we know that his testimony is true. And there are also many other things that Jesus did, which if they were written one by one, I suppose that even the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. Amen. Can you imagine... The, the task John must have had, having witnessed for three, three and a half years, everything that Jesus did, and he distilled that down to the works or the signs that we see in the first 12 chapters of John. You know, you've got to believe that these were put here specifically for us. I mean... Maybe you've written a book report before and you ended up with, you know, 10 pages of notes and you've got to distill it down into three pages. That's, that's tough. John did that for us. Jesus said, praying, uh, Jesus spoke these words and he lifted up his eyes to heaven. Father, the hour has come. Glorify your son that your son may also glorify you. As you had given him authority over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as you have given him. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you had sent. And this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom you have sent. You know, the world 
will tell you, it doesn't matter what you believe. You know, it only matters. If you really believe, if you really believe it, it doesn't matter. You know, there's many ways to God. What does the scripture tell us? It tells us there's one way to God through Jesus, right? The world's wrong. And the people that get trapped into these other religions, what's going to happen to them if we don't help them, right? We have the whole canon of scriptures to help us, right? We have, we have John. I would suggest that uh, next week or in the week to come that uh, each and every one of us uh, go through these signs in John one time and, 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 just, and just try, you know, reading about turning water into wine and the healing of the official son and the paraplegic at the Bethesda pool, the feeding of the 5,000, walking on water, the healing of the man born blind and the, the raising of Lazarus. Read those signs and search for application in your life. You know, what does it tell you about the nature of God? What does it tell you about, you know, your walk? Talk to your kids about it. You know, maybe do it as a Bible study in the morning. And, and, and I think if you do that, it'll change you. It'll, it'll help you not be common, but to, to be the best, right? People, people think that Christians are this way or that way, but it's, it's, it's really a, a joyous life, right? We have the word of truth. Our sins are forgiven, right? I mean, your family may never forget them, Right? They may remind you of them. God said what? If Jesus said what? As far as the east is from the west. That mercy and grace is ours for the asking, for the believing. We've got uh, men of God that will pray for you after service if you want to have prayer. Uh, would invite you to, to join them. Let's pray. Father God, uh, we want to thank you for the gospel of John, Lord. Uh, we just ask that uh, you do make it real to us in your life, Lord, that you revealed to us uh, uh, through the signs that you put there uh, of what that tells us about our walk and our belief in you. And uh, Oh, Lord, just increase that belief, Lord. Uh, 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 let us be uh, something special to us. And it's in your precious Son, Jesus Christ's name, we pray. Amen.